everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Oh boy, are you ever. You're listening to A Date with Dateline, but is this a dateline? Kind of. What do we call this? A one-off true crime event of the... Wait, what did Dateline call it? I'm calling it a documentary. When they sent us the episode early, they said three-night true crime event of the century. Smiley face. They probably thought they were being facetious, but they weren't. No. This is... This is extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? The Widower. There we go. Uh, Whispered? The Widower. (laughs) No. Full voice. What? (laughs) Okay. (gasps) The Widower. It's really exciting. It's totally different than a normal Dateline episode. Boy, is it ever. We have only watched the first part, so... Just keep this in mind as you're listening to this episode. We will not be referring to things that happened in episodes two and three because we have not seen them. So we are going only on episode one on the first night, the first night of the three night event. What makes this night different from all other nights? Sorry, you're not Jewish. You won't get that. Um, Sorry, you were just like giving me dead stare. And I was like, what was the answer? What was the answer? Let's try again. What makes... Tell me the answer, though. Tell me what I'm supposed to say. It's not... There's not really any... I mean, there's a bunch of answers. There's, like, a list of answers. It's what you say on Passover. And then, Shalom. like... No. It's okay. You wouldn't get it. I don't know why I thought you would get it. I think I thought it was a little more in the vernacular, but I guess it's not. Speaking of Jewish holidays, I may or may not have today purchased next year's Hanukkah outfit. Great. I'm not going to wait this time. It came way too late. Yeah. For our YouTube live chats for Patreon. Oh, many weeks too late. So I've, I've already found it. So now I will be ready for next Amazing. year. Amazing. So this episode aired February 18th, yes. 2021. What's the biggest thing that jumps out you is what I would normally say right now. What do I normally say right after the date and the episode number? Hosted by Arlene King, hosted by Queen Andrea, hosted by Dennis is more than enough Murphy, hosted by our manky with a hanky. This is hosted by yours truly. We're the hosts. Surprise. (laughs) Choose your own host. That would be surprising. No, that would be a terrible idea. This is hosted by the music makers who made the music for Justified. Because it opens with twangy music, like a documentary. I looked up the song and I'm, because I'm obsessed with it now. Why did love put a gun in my hand? Put a gun in my head. It's Sopranos, right? It's woke up this morning. Yeah, it's a little bit. Got yourself a gun. Yeah. (laughs) That's the end of it. Sorry. I liked that song too. It's hosted by no one. No one. Ghost It's host. crazy. And what if Lester just came on and he was the host? There's not even a Lester introduction. Let's also, oh, maybe there is. I'm Okay. In the version we saw, there is no Lester introduction to this. That's true. That's a good point. It feels more like a true crime documentary, honestly, when you're watching it. You could be watching this on Netflix and seeing we're getting five hours of content. It It's like a, a three-part mm-hmm. 
series. So mm-hmm. it's very exciting. I'm into it. And from what I see, they do a fantastic job. Yeah. There's also this other thing that's different, which is the captions on the screen. That's not the right word, but where it'll say like the date. Yes. And it'll introduce someone and it'll say who they are, which I got to say would make our jobs a lot easier if they did that in normal episodes. That was nice. It's also like a very modern font. It looks very cool. Yeah. So we start with this music, exciting montage is happening, and a man who looks like Pam Huff, a little bit. Am I wrong? What was that expression? I can't tell. I I feel like I've seen him before, and maybe it's because of Pam Huff. Like kind of Pam Huff. A cross between Pam Huff and Lois from the woman at the bar. Oh, yeah. A little bit of Lois. I can't. And the hair, too. The hair color is the same as Lois. Yeah. He's, he's very distinct looking. Very distinct looking. And he's saying in one of the clips, am I beautiful? I feel like the am I beautiful was supposed to be a funny comment, but the way that they cut it in, he's saying it dead serious. Dead so serious. maybe that was just his sense of humor. I don't know. Maybe he's just a very dry guy. I guess I have a feeling we're going to get to know him very well over the next few nights. So I have a feeling we're going to be asking him a lot and maybe sense of humor is one of the answers to that question. Yeah. And I know another answer. We're given a hint in this. We'll get to it. Okay. So in 2008, this episode starts out, but I feel like we're going to rewind a lot in the next episodes. Correct. So this one starts 2008, starts off with a 911 call in Las Vegas. And a man is saying, my wife's been shot and there's a man in my house that I shot, like an intruder. His name is Tom. And he's breathing really heavy. So heavily. Oh my. Like me when I walk around the mall. (sighs) It is a lot. I... We've had a shooting. It seems like he's just had an event for sure. Yeah. A cardiac one. A cardiac event. (laughs) Yeah. And then he starts crying on the phone over his wife. So, yeah. So I I almost want to play it. Do you hear her speak? The wife? Yes. It's the moment before he starts crying. Are you sure it wasn't the 911 operator? No, it sounds like someone in the background. I didn't know if you had heard it too. It sounds like he's saying, my wife, and then you hear, and then he says her name and says, oh God, oh no, oh Sharon. Oh, yeah, maybe. I heard Tom or, oh, and it could be him making a noise, but it's the first thing I heard. I was like, oh, she's still alive. That's the first time I watched it. That was my reaction. They don't mention it, but I'm wondering if it comes into play later. So I just wanted to know if anybody heard that. Detective O'Kelly goes to the scene. He's invested in this case right away. I like him. And I like Dean O'Kelly is an excellent name for a detective. Great name. Mm -hmm. So he goes there. The wife, Sharon, is dead. And so is the intruder, Mike Miller. The man who called Thomas Randolph. Now, he has a hair situation that takes us on a journey. It's not a journey I wanted to go on, but I had already bought the ticket and I didn't want to give up my seat. And it's a three-night event. Yeah, I had already paid for it. So I was like, I guess I'm on this journey. It's whitish blonde, curly, not spiral curly, but wavy, long 
past his shoulders. Sometimes. Sometimes pulled back and confusing because then you can't tell how long it is. And then sometimes at shoulder length. Sometimes it's shoulder length and gray with kind of a choppy bob. I think we're seeing different lighting. I think it is that blonde, white, gray hair. Do you know what I'm saying? How what happens to people who have blonde hair that then grow gray? It, it's an interesting color. Do you remember in the case of Marjorie and the 400 pounds of attic cheese? And there was that woman with the long blonde hair that was the same color as said cheese. Sometimes it's almost that color. Right. It's almost too bright. But then other times it's it's like silver, like Daenerys Targaryen. I think he may be bleaching it. Or he's one of those incredibly fair people. Well, I don't think he is. I definitely don't think that's true. Because we see pictures of him in earlier times at the very end of this episode. So that's definitely that's not true. true. Yeah, that's so true. So I think, I don't know what exactly is going on. He also could be one of those uh, hair that's super sensitive to the sun. So if he's in the sun a lot, it turns that bright color. And then if he's out of the sun, it gets more to that silver that we see. That's a little bit darker, blondy mm. silver. I don't know. I have a lot of questions that I don't think we're going to get answered. I have so many questions. Melissa from Moms and Murder and Criminality, our friend, called it a bowlet. I think a bowlet is like the front is like a bowl cut and yeah. then with bangs. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom back is the mullet part. That could also be a mullet. But yeah, bowlet is a good name for that. Anything that's shorter in the front, longer in the back is technically a mullet. Technically a mullet. But bullet is something I can get behind. Okay. So I would get behind most things that Melissa says. I think you would too. Yeah, for sure. He says he wrestled the gun away from the intruder and shot him. There's a ski mask near the intruder's body and a bag of jewelry. And drawers are ransacked. So it looks like burglary. They bring in Tom in the interrogation. And he's stretching, saying what a long day it's been. Come on, man. It's been tough. It's been a long day. He was breathing very hard earlier. So it's it's been, he's, it was long. It's a weird thing to say. It's weird to say it's been, well, it's weird in the way he says it because also, okay, sometimes in trauma, you do say things that you don't expect to come out of your mouth, right? That makes sense to me that like someone would be like, it's been a really long day. Like, but he doesn't say it like that. Yeah. It almost sounds rehearsed. That could be. Yeah. So Tom says he knew Mike the intruder. He was their handyman. Mm -hmm. That night he had taken Sharon to have dinner at a local casino. Classy? Santa Fe Station? That is a station casino. I have a card. I don't know what that means. It's in the station family of casinos where they have excellent bingo in Las Vegas. Palace Station. Did you say you have a card? Yeah, I have a club card. For station casino. So when you go in, you put your card in the slot machine or you give your card to the bingo person. Like a Starbucks rewards member? Right. So you get points and then you get things. I've never gotten anything because I don't spend a lot of money at casinos. And that's, you know, the potential is to get free rooms and stuff like that. When you hear about people getting free stuff in Vegas, they have a player's card. I could see you guys going to dinner at casinos. Like if you lived in Vegas, that would be your date night. 100%. We would probably also have a favorite bingo hall and then play bingos on Thursdays and then sometimes rock and roll bingos on Sundays. I would have a schedule. 
Wait, is rock and roll bingo different than regular bingo because they play rock and roll music? I made it up. But oh, okay. I think there's themed bingos. There's yeah, probably yeah. a drag bingo. Oh, that would be fun. I know. See, but that, I mean, we're 20 years out from that, but I'm ready. No, not really. You'll j- just be one of the youngest ones there. No harm in that. Just like we are right now, <laughs> which is why it's delightful. And I cannot wait to take you because I just feel like it's your people. I don't think there's anything about it you won't like. I'm excited. Yeah, you're going to love it. And they have popcorn. I'm sorry. Did I mention they have popcorn machines? Yeah, that you get that, you know, with the scoop. Oh, I love that. It's the good popcorn. Yeah. That's the good popcorn. I need one of those machines in my house. So salty. It's so, I think of you every time I have it in Vegas. I'm like this, Kimberly would love this. Yeah. I, if I was rich, I would have one in my house. 100%. So they came home and she got out of the car and went inside. Unsure why he stayed out in the car. They don't say. Or he doesn't say, or we just don't get to know. Because he just kind of stayed, it's, I don't know. He's tinkering or like? Yeah, I don't know. You go ahead, honey. I am going to something. Yeah. Arrange the change in my dashboard cup. Yeah. I don't know. So she goes inside and was shot. Immediately. Yeah, immediately. Because how long was he out in the car? I think, I got the feeling he was right behind her, like getting something out of the trunk. She goes into the house, bang, that's it. It's not like she walks through the house. It's right well, away. Well, that, that brings up an interesting point later about the gunshot. So Sharon was about to be a grandma. We meet her daughter. Her daughter is devastated. They were super close. Sharon raised her alone. Sharon and Tommy, which is one of the only times we hear him called Tommy, mm-hmm. not a fan, met on Match.com, which is also not a fan. Not the first time they've been on Dateline. But I'm sure they have many success stories that don't end in murder. Yeah. We just hear about the ones that are on Dateline. Yeah. She was a hairdresser. He didn't work. But then the daughter says he used to work as a special ed teacher? Question mark? Question mark? I cannot picture him as a special ed teacher. That's a lie. There's no way. Joni was a special ed teacher. You have to be a very special kind of person to be a special ed teacher. Yes. Unless you're not a very good one, which is also a possibility. I hope not. I really hope he wasn't. Let's just... Yeah. No. The daughter, Colleen, thinks that he has crazy long hair mm-hmm. and seemed weird. But her mom seemed happy. But this is the point that we realize what he has to offer, which we don't know if it's sense of humor but what's the other thing that he had? He has a boat. There we go. Bingo. I like big boats and I cannot lie. Yeah. He's got a boat. He's a boat guy. That's a win for a single older woman looking for love and excitement. A boat. Go back. That is a win for a single woman of any age, unless we are wrong. I mean, I'm set. Yes, I was trying to go with like the world. I would 100% go with a boat guy right now. But I think you and I are specifically- Desperate? No, more enamored with boats than your average bear. That's possible. I think you and I have- Yeah, I love, God, I love a boat. Get really excited about a boat. So he had a boat. They traveled a lot. Sharon shows a picture of him to her good friend, Alice. And Alice- Now, we can say what she said because it wasn't us saying it. Yeah, we can. She says, is that a woman? Flat out. 
Is that a woman? Is that a woman? And Sharon apparently said, no, no, he's all man. <laughs> because he had a bike too? Do we? Is this when we find out that he had a motorcycle? He rode a motorcycle. Okay. He was a master carpenter and a jack of all trades. Okay. Okay. They go on a cruise together. And oh, they he come used back to be a truck the- driver. Remember, this is the second job we hear. So we've heard special ed teacher, truck driver now. So I'm immediately like con Carpenter. Man. And carpenter, con man. Yeah. 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 They go on a cruise together and they come back and Sharon's like, oh yeah, we got married on the boat. Okay. Oh boy. Actually, there was another episode that we did with a guy who faked being in the military and they got married on a cruise ship secretly. And it was, do you remember that? Yeah, it was not good. I remember it being not good. But I also, I'm feeling, I feel really bad in this situation because we do find out that Colleen and her mom were alone. It didn't seem like there was a man in her life for a very, very long time, which upsets me because I feel like it made her a little more susceptible to not see the red flags that should have been there. Like you don't know what his job was. Right. Mm -hmm. Just, we see the photo of them kissing on the boat. Mm-hmm. I was pretty revolted, I got to say. Why? I don't know what it is about him. Really grosses me out. I thought he had a rose in his hair. And I was like, oh, he put a rose in his hair. But then it turns out she was just holding a rose behind <laughs> his neck. But I had to stare at it for a really long time. Because it didn't seem weird to me that he would have a rose in that do. No, there's just something about the like the way the lips go. And it just grossed me out. Not like as bad as the kissing in Deadly Detour. I don't know if you remember that. but No, I didn't look. I didn't look at the mouth in this either. I don't look at the mouth in pictures. You looked away in Deadly Detour. Yes, I forgot. And I won't look at it in a picture. No. And this is why you should never join social media and follow us because I sometimes just randomly post pictures of the kiss in Deadly Detour just to gross out Sean G. So... <laughs> It oh, really Shanji. bothers him. I'll be like, happy Tuesday, Shanji. Oh, no, Shanji. <laughs> it's traumatizing, that kiss in Deadly Detour. This one's not nearly as bad, but it did bother me. They go to a walkthrough of the crime, and they have Tom slash Tommy reenacting what happened. He's very cash in this reenactment. He's wearing a cowboy's shirt, and he's like almost smiling at certain parts and Mm. he's imitating how he was yelling for Sharon when he saw her shot on the floor. And it's like, Sharon, Hey, Sharon, bring me a beer with that level that he called for her. But this is just the reenactment. It feels like he can't see her the way that he's calling Sharon is like, cause she's, you can see that she's on the ground from the doorway. And I would also assume that there would be blood. So can he just not see her head from his vantage point or what happened? He said he went in, he found her dead, and then he grabbed a gun that he keeps in the closet. And then a man with a ski mask kind of came at him, but then he held up the gun and then the man ran off and he shot at him a bunch of times. Bang, 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 bang. He's doing all the sound effects. Every sound effect, he does it. <laughs> he went back in and he called 911. Also, at this point, I noticed that he has a tiny little stud earring. Oh, Remind I me of my dad when he went through his midlife crisis. Shout out, Bob. Yeah, shout out to Bob. So the 911 person tells him 
to put her on her back. He's struggling so hard in the reenactment and on the audio of the 911 call. It's like he's super constipated or trying to move a large boulder up a hill. He's grunting with the full force of everything he has. She's not a large woman. I don't know why he's doing that. It's very strange. And she's not like, I mean, she was maybe dead at this point or maybe not dead. But she just that doesn't mean she would be like a bag of bricks that he's trying to roll over. You know, it was confusing. He was being very overdramatic about this and it seemed insulting. So the 911 person tells Tom, put her on her back. He's struggling. Finally, he's able to push her over. Don't know why it took him so long. Uh The police are asking him details. He's saying, I didn't know it was Mike because the guy was wearing a ski mask, but I would have shot him anyways. That's weird. I mean, the guy's in his house and just killed his wife. So I guess that's valid, right? I would think that you would immediately assume that this person was there to help you. And also, like if you'd seen him without a ski mask, you would think, help me, man, because you would think he would have come in from a different room or something. Oh, if it was somebody you already knew. Right. You wouldn't jump to the conclusion that they were the murderer. They were the killer. Yeah. If it was someone that you knew and were on good terms with. That's very interesting. I don't know. I don't know. But he says, I shot and I shot and I shot. I don't remember if he does the sound effects at this point. I think he does it twice. He does everything twice, if I'm remembering right. So he does the sound effects of the bang twice and the sound effects of the grunt twice and they match. He really likes sound effects. It's like his way of telling a story. Yeah. So does uh, Nevada have a stand your ground law, do we think? Yes. No requires no duty to retreat before killing in self-defense as long as the person is fighting back. It's not the original aggressor has the right to be in the place where deadly force is used and not engaging in a criminal activity. Stand your ground. State. Okay. So... He said he shot him a bunch of times in the hallway. This is where his story does not match up with what the detectives will later call the facts. (laughs) The forensics show that the shooting happened mostly in the garage. Uh But he says he shot him in the hallway. That's one problem. Uh In the interrogation room, he says he didn't hear the shot that killed Sharon because he's hard of hearing. But on the 911 call, he says, I heard the shooting. Mm. I heard shots. So that doesn't make sense. No, that's bad. Also, the timeline is off. So they went to dinner at the casino. We see them on video footage. They went to a gas station to fill up. We see that on video footage. They leave the gas station at 826, arrive home 830. He says it would be just a few minutes before he found her, shot the intruder, and called 911. And that backs up what the neighbor heard he was on the phone with his friend going, dude, did you just hear that? I heard shots. And I liked the neighbor. I would have been fine with more of the neighbor. I liked the neighbor. Maybe he'll come back. Oh, I would love that. So the neighbor heard shots at 833. Uh But Tom actually didn't call 911 until 845. So 12 minutes after he should have called 911. That's not good. That's not good. Right. 26 days later, they bring him in again for another interrogation. The detective asked him about Sharon. He says she was effing wonderful. The nicest person I've ever met. Just a great lady. 
How would you describe yourself, Tom? I'm a cocky effer. Wow. Always have been, but I'm also nice and generous. I'm a smart mother effer. Should have been on the dream team. Always wanted to be a lawyer. I'm also modest. <laughs> Is he saying he should have been on the team that defended OJ? Yes, Kimberly. And that's his dream? That's his goal, I mean? Yes. Like, that is, he should have been a lawyer so he could do great things like defending O.J. Simpson. Yeah. He deprived the world of his talent. I don't think that was a mistake. I think that was all said on purpose. Yeah. I think he likes O.J. I think O.J. is a bit of a hero to him. I could see that. I don't think that's much of a stretch, yeah. So... He says he used to work as an investigator and a paralegal for lawyers in the past, which makes that four odd, four different jobs. Man, it's very strange. He ran a law office, I think he said. Man, keep your story straight. I mean, I know like people who have worked a lot of jobs. My mom worked a ton, has had a bunch of careers. I've had a bunch of jobs. Not that many, though. Yeah, you've had a lot of jobs. But not that many. Not like career jobs. We're not his age, so maybe it's normal. You know what? Whatever color your balloon is, you do that. Tom, is that the right book? Whatever color your balloon is, you set that balloon free. There's got to be a better way to end that. Whatever color your balloon is makes a balloon bouquet. Makes the balloon bouquet more beautiful. I love that. Okay, there we go. But that's right, isn't it? That book? What book? Oh, you don't. Oh, you didn't know I was referring to a book. What book? No, I'm not well read. What book? (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's me. I'm trying to what? take the heat off you and put it on me. They, I really appreciate it. No, I earned points with young Goodman Brown. So now they're off the well-read train. No one's making fun of me for not being well-read ever since I did a deep dive on young Goodman Brown. No, the book, it's called, and it's not balloons. It's called, um, it's parachutes. What color is your parachute? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that, well, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I thought it was balloons. I'm super well-read, guys. <laughs> But I never read that book. But anyways, Tom has a ton of parachutes. Tom has so many parachutes. They're all getting tangled and the rip cords are cut in several places. And it's going to... Oh gosh, that was the longest way to get to this analogy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I've never... That was... He had a lot 30. of jobs. Oh my goodness. Okay. I did. I wasn't planning to. It just came out of my mouth. And then you couldn't. And then instead of aborting, you just kept going. We're going to dig in, double down, double down. Yep. Double down yep. again. Yeah. That's my goal. That's why I shouldn't gamble. So it's true. They ask, did anything unusual happen that day that would get Mike to rob you? Tom says he took 20 grand out of the bank. Why? He says he always has large amounts of cash on him. Oh, they were going gambling that night. With 20 grand? I don't know their life. How much money? Does... I don't know. I go with $20, but I know a lot of people that go with like... Yeah, I go with 20 pennies. Maybe they were trying to double it, put it pull it all on black. Maybe they had money problems, with like, or maybe the, he had was rolling deep. I don't know if that's the right expression. But we don't really know. He could be one of those really rich people that we see on Dayline, but he seems more to me one of those shady rich people that is pretending to be way richer than he actually is. 100%. So the fact that he even has 20 grand to take out in cash that's like liquid is very surprising to me. Correct. So he says, they ask, do you know anyone that would have paid Mike to do this? He says, no. 
But then he gets really ornery. Yeah. And he sort of gets, um, maybe this is his version of hangry, but he just gets really honest when he gets annoyed. Mm-hmm. And he just says to the one of the detectives, I like you. Turns to the other detective. You, I don't like you, by the way. I don't know why. I just don't. It's a weird game. It's a weird, that's a weird thing to do. I. It's yeah. like for shock value or to like test people. Yeah, it's not real. He just wants to assert power. And it's a very strange way to do it. And it gave me the willies, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's a creepy power game. And the detective says, no, no offense taken. It's yeah, fine. I'm good, man. So he starts to talk to the detective he likes, ignoring the other detective. And he says, you know, man, I've talked to you more about this and Sharon than anybody else. You're like my best friend, dude. No, he says, I've talked to you more than anybody in Las Vegas since I've got here. Yeah. I I find that hard to believe because does Tom not seem like a person that A, talks to bartenders? Right. And dealers at the casino. Dealers at the casino. He's definitely chatting up the blackjack person. 100% he is. But also, does he not have friends? He doesn't have friends, I guess. No, because he's new there. He's fairly new, yeah. It's a weird thing to say. You're my best friend, dude. And then this awkward silence Mm -hmm. where the detective certainly cannot say, and you're mine, man, bro. Or which the other detective could have said, he's mine, man. We have a bromance going on, which I would have found that delightful. Would have been really funny. But no, he does say something. What does he say? But, but friends don't have secrets then. He he like tries to play on it. Yep. Yep. Shouldn't mm. have any secrets then. Tom's like, what do you mean? Everybody's got secrets. Don't just, he's just creeping it out. He's just, how creepy can I get? Let's go. He for is. It. He's just trying to sound suspicious. And then he gets really testy. And he's like, if you just, want to come and arrest me already that's fine unless if you're not going to i'm done i'm probably not going to come back here and talk to you guys for 30 or 40 days which is like the most specific amount of time it was very strange it caught me off guard too i was like what okay all right don't come back it's like if someone's like i have an ultimatum slash ultimatum for you and they're like you have exactly 17 hours and I'll need your reply by 30 or 40 days. Was he going on a trip? Also, sorry, isn't that guy his best friend? Yeah, you should be wanting to chat with your best friend. Nope. You're just going to blow off your best friend? He's busy for 30 days. And then he says, if you arrest me, so they say, oh, do you want us to arrest you? And he says, no, man, if you arrest me, you've effed up. Because this is an easy case for you. It's like super condescending. The what forensics, is he doing? The forensics is right there. This is an easy one. Like I've just given you this beautiful case, this easy case. You guys can go on vacation now. What is he doing? This one. It's the weirdest mental games that he's playing. He's for sure uh, thinks he's the smartest in the room, for sure. And yeah, but the detective sees everything and just, Cuts to the, they cut to the detective always. And he's like, I wasn't falling for. No. So, and then, then, oh boy. As he's leaving the interrogation, he says to the detective, is your wife good looking? (sighs) It gets worse. The detective says, what do you think? 
shows him a picture. Does he show him a picture? I don't think he shows him a picture. Yeah, they're off camera. I think that this is a, what do you think? And pulls out his phone and does this. And then he has his next line. I don't think a detective would show a murderer his wife's photo. I felt like that was a reaction. The next comment is a reaction comment. Oh, I just felt like he was just assuming because the wife, because he says, what do you think? Like, obviously. Like, I don't know. I think he's trying to build rapport. Maybe. But yeah, you could be right. He might not show him a picture. I don't know. I'd be curious to know what do people think? Do you think they he showed her a picture? He showed him a picture or no? Reply in the comments. We can't see it. It's off camera. So, okay. So the detective says, what do you think? And Tom says, to kill for. Yeah, so he's playing a game, right? 100% he's playing a game. This is the thing I didn't like when the detective says, Detective O'Kelly says, I think you just showed his hand a little bit. And I was just, no, he didn't. I don't think he showed his hand. I think he's messing with you. I don't think it was a Freudian slip. Yeah, the detective thought it was a Freudian slip. I think he's doing it to drop a breadcrumb because he does want to play a little mousetrap chess game here. Yeah, and absolutely. He's bored. thinks that he's smarter. Yes. And I definitely don't think it's a case of one of those people on Dateline that say things like that and then we scream at them because they're so dumb. And we're like, don't say that if you're being accused of something. And they're just that dumb. That happens. I think he's doing it on purpose, which is way scarier. Way scarier. Yeah. So Colleen, the daughter, says she called Tom and said, what did you do to my mother? And Mm. he got mad and said, I didn't do anything to your mother and hangs up on her. Mm. But then she starts to play along and act like he was a hero. And he was still grandpa to her upcoming baby. And they were all still a family. And she's like vomiting in her mouth the whole time. But she has to play along even though she hates him because she wants it to seem like it's all good. Because she knows pretty much from the jump that he's involved, right? Her instincts right away. Yeah. So... He leaves messages for her. She saves every message that he's left her. And they are weird and sticky sweet. And he's saying things like, just makes me feel better when I hear your voice. Love you. And things like, I'm just trying to buck up and keep going. But then comes the will. Oh, boy. He brings a will to Colleen. He thinks he's in control of all the money. But Alice who is the friend that thought that it was a woman. Mm -hmm. We love Alice. I really like Alice, yeah. Brings Colleen another will. Apparently, Alice and Sharon filled it out in front of Alice. Like, Alice saw her filling out this will. She's the witness. That She's the witness, and they got it notarized. Mm -hmm. And said, if anything happens to me, Give this to Colleen. Sharon said I'm that. leaving everything to Colleen. Yeah. So her will is valid and the one he has isn't. What is the timeline on the will? I would have liked to have known when the will was made. Yeah. And also, is that all she said if anything happens to me? And this, I was a little bit like, you didn't probe further No follow-up than that? questions. No one ever does on Dateline. They always think it's a joke. I just assume they were kidding. I'm telling you right now, Kimberly, if I do that, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. Ask a follow-up question. Also, we've said it many times, or at least I have. It's one of my favorite topics to preach on. If you write someone out of your will, make sure they know 
they are out of your will so that they will have no reason to kill you. Right. Because if you keep it a secret because you're scared of them or don't want to upset them, they still think they are getting all your money. So they are going to kill you. They're going to come back. Yep. And don't tell them you're about to change your will and cut them out because then they'll kill you before you go and change the will. So do it and then tell them after. Yep. Words of wisdom from K&K for free. Just giving them out. Well, join our Patreon. But Oh, you could join our Patreon. <laughs> if we save your life, you owe us like five bucks a month. Join our Patreon. Two bucks. If that advice saves your life. So he's now furious about the will. And now he's leaving, like, if those other messages were sticky sweet, these are mean, nasty messages. Yeah, she said they flipped right away. Yeah, he's saying things like, you're lying and no wonder your mother didn't like you. That's a horrible, horrible, horrible thing to say. What the hell? He's evil. Your mom just died. And then. Yeah. And then he calls to apologize. But his apology is like, oh, I'm sorry I called you bad names. But that's what happens when someone lies to my face. Okay, Have we learned nothing from YouTube apology videos? That's not an (laughs) apology. That's, That's not an apology. I'm sorry that you felt that way. That is not an apology. And it drives me crazy. That's not an I'm sorry. No, I'm it's sorry his, you he's felt blaming that way. it, but I did it because you lied to me. That's what he's saying. It's a qualifier. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I'm done with you. So he still thinks he's getting the house. He says the lawyers are now going to get all my money because I'm fighting this. So Colleen knows she has the upper hand, though, and she thinks he doesn't like when women have control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good call. So. Police look into Mike Miller, who's either a suspect or a victim. They go to Charlotte, North Carolina to talk to Mike's family. And we see a lot of footage that we would never see on a dateline. Like we would cut right to them interviewing Mike's brother. But instead we get handheld footage of like the detectives getting their buffet breakfast at the hotel. Yeah. And telling us what they're going to do that day. And with like a GoPro cam. This felt like a documentary style where we're actually going to the house, walking up, knocking you on the door. see it's the knock on the right. door. It doesn't just cut right to the interview. Yeah, very strange. Yeah. So the brother said he was a handyman for Tom getting 600 a week, which seemed. That is unbelievably good money. Right? And was that under the table? Especially if he's not working all the time. It's just like whenever he needed a job done. That seems too good to be true and very suspicious. That's real. That's too suspicious. It's too good. I feel like, I don't know. His brother didn't know that Mike had a gun. Didn't think he would kill anybody. Sure that he wouldn't kill anybody. Said the thing that would make me believe it if the sibling is saying it. That's like you're telling me I killed someone. Right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And I that feel, was good. I, I felt that. I was like, okay, I see where we're going. They go to the other brother's house. His name is Rico, but it's spelled R-E-C-O. I kind of like that. Oh. And this brother is very sad. He's crying. And he's, it's it's so sad. So sad. Especially because the way it's that handheld footage, it feels very raw. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. It's not as polished as Dateline's normally are. And Rico is a big guy. 
you know, he appears to be very tall. He's just a big guy. So it's something also about that specific Rico himself crying was just heartbreaking. Now, he has an interesting story. He said each person they go to seems to have a little bit more for the detectives. Right. He says he knew that Mike did have a gun, but he had gotten it from a white guy. The white guy. The white guy. The white guy, which means Tommy. Yep. So then they go to meet Judy, and Judy is a friend of Mike's for many, many years. And they go to her house And this is like the camera is set up. She obviously doesn't want her face on camera. So we just see her arm kind of. And she says that Mike always told her about the man he met at the store and how this man had asked him to kill his wife for him. Oh, boy. Judy immediately said, what? No, don't do this is bad news. Go to the police. And they said, well, was he going to get paid for this? What was he going to get? She does not know. Uh-huh. But this is their first real tangible something right. that proves they're on the right track. So Detective O'Keefe has had a longtime partnership with Rob Wilson. They are very cute. They're like a married couple. Their desks are across. Their desks are like cubicles right across a little barrier. So they just quick whips, quick witted Cut, throw quips that what am I trying to say? Throw quips back and forth at each other all day. And it's very cute. So I could have seen a whole series on them. You know, we love buddy cops here. Are they? And also, I feel like we are going to be very invested in them from because I don't know how long they filmed this, but it's definitely following these two detectives. Yeah, I would assume it's a whole bunch of departments since it's a whole bunch of crimes. But it seems like from the previews for the next episodes, they are the ones spearheading. They are in charge of this whole investigation. So Rob was on vacation when this case started. So he wasn't at the scene or the interrogation, but they bring him back. I'm not sure if they cut his vacation short or if he just jumps right on the case as soon as he gets back. But he's like in it now. So they think Tom married Sharon for the life insurance policies. They find four policies totaling $360,000. So, yes, he married her for the life insurance. So there you go. Uh He met Mike Miller, struck up a conversation, and then kind of manipulated him. And they even used the word groomed him to be someone who would be willing to kill for him. Over months. Oh, for months. And then he took Sharon out for Mother's Day. I didn't even realize it was Mother's Day. Oh, my gosh. No. (sighs) Horrible to allow Mike. It's horrible to kill your wife anytime, but especially bad on a holiday. And especially when, like, she's excited to be a grandmother to a granddaughter for the first time. Because I guess she had she had already had a son. Colleen had a son, but now she's getting a baby girl. And so she's bought clothes and. That's horrible. Tom takes her out. He allows Mike to go into the house to prepare while they're at dinner. Mike apparently had been given a key, so he lets himself into the house. Uh And then he finds this gun that's hidden inside of a clock, which I thought looked super cool and I want one. It's like folds down from the wall and has a hidden compartment inside. For your gun? For my anything. What are you putting in there? For my prized copy, VHS copy of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Whatever I want to put in there. Mace. 
mace. So I want to be able to get to that quicker, though. And I'm very short, so the gun would have to be at eye level, and that would make it suspicious to any killer who comes into the house. Why is that clock so suspiciously low? It obviously has mace or a gun in it. It obviously has her prized copy of Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. Girls Just Wanna Have there. Fun. I gotta get out I of that. love that movie that has Sarah Jessica Parker in it. And he doesn't even know it's signed by Sarah Jessica Parker. He hit the jackpot. There we go. So Mike lets himself in, finds the gun. Then Sharon comes in by herself and Mike kills her. And then Tom comes in and Mike thinks Tom is going to say, good job, buddy. High five or whatever. So he takes off the ski mask Uh because Tom already knows it's him. And shoots him instead of saying, good job, buddy. And that's why the ski mask was not found on the body with a bullet hole in it and blood on it. It was found near the body. So he must have taken it off at some point. Although if Tommy were thinking smarter than he is, all he has to do is say, I shot him. He had a ski mask on. And then I pulled the ski mask off of his dead body to see who the intruder was. No, because it would have a bullet hole in blood in it. He was shot twice in the head. Two gunshot wounds to the head. Then you dip it in blood. Well, yeah, he would have had to do several things. Sorry, he would have had to do several things. Yeah, it would have had to have been a process. But also, how many guns are in the house? He says... He had that one gun that was in a drawer. And then Mike is talking about this other gun in the clock. Tom gets the gun from the clock. What gun was she shot with? So I think it's all the same gun. He's lying about getting the gun from the closet. But we don't have that information yet, right? I'm just guessing. Okay. okay. And I didn't even think about it until you said something Mm -hmm. that he just lied about the closet. But really, he I don't know why he wouldn't say he got it from the clock because someone got it from the clock. Um, He did say he got it from the clock. Tom said no. he says he he got it from the closet. It was in a drawer in the closet. Mike, they think that Mike got the gun from the clock. Why would they know about the clock? Why would Mike know about the, the clock gun? Well, he had to have known about because Tom told him that's where the gun will be. Did they test for fingerprints and Mike's prints were on the clock? I don't know yet. We don't know yet. Is Maybe the clock inside get... the closet and it's all the same thing? They only show the clock much later when they're talking about Mike getting it. I'm sorry. Is Was he shot? Was the, was the gun in the clock a Glock? <laughs> Wearing socks. But I just have to ask this question because is the the gun clock called a g- clock gun and clock. it has a G dash clock 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 good clock yeah so gr- I mean if TM if not TM okay thank you TM yeah <laughs> it's perfect Mark KT and Kimberly okay good we're still a little confused about that no I think we're just not given that information yet because maybe this is something that's coming later. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe I miss, I'm confused about the closet part, but I remember him saying. No, no, then you're probably right. I think we're supposed to assume that Mike got the gun out of the clock, which is also strange, though, because we're hearing from a friend that he was given a gun. Yeah. If you were to set up someone to kill your wife, wouldn't you give them the gun ahead of time as opposed to just leaving it for them? 
I don't know. I guess there are advantages to either way. No, but then he's trying to make it seem like Mike came and broke in and was stealing and he caught him in the act. Right. But how would he think that Mike knew where the gun would be if it's hidden in a clock? He had showed Mike that because Mike was the like handyman. earlier, right. He fixed the clock. The clock was broken. I, I doubt it. I think more just like he was showing off his gun collection to some guy coming over to the house. Who knows? I'm sure he had a story for that. Yeah. So the ski mask, though, implies that he took his mask off. Yeah. The ski mask is the biggest problem. Yeah. Unless, is it possible, he shot at him in the hallway, missed, and as this Mike is running away, he takes off the mask so he can see more clearly as he's running so he doesn't fall and then gets hit. So this is where we're, again, we need to know bullet holes. There's a lot of open questions here because... Remember, testimony, bam, 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 bam. I just kept shooting. I think I emptied the gun. Right. Are there bullet holes everywhere in the house? Because Mike is shot twice in the head. Yeah, which is hard to do if someone's running away. Right, right. Too hard. Too hard to do. So, yeah. Because I could see if you're like emptying the gun, you might not know exactly at what point you hit them. You're just freaking out and shooting. So the thing about him being shot actually in the garage as opposed to the hallway kind of made sense to me because he's just shooting at him and doesn't know he actually hit him when he was in the garage. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. In the previews for next time, put a gun in my hand is back. These two detectives go all over the country to take down Tom. And we're seeing that he had six wives. Oh my gosh. And multiple arrests. Four of them are dead. Oh, my God. Four dead wives. And then we see a clip, or I'm not sure if this was in there or on social media, where he says, now how many, do you want to know how many fiancés I had? <gasps> no, he doesn't say that. Then it's in the one of the Twitter previews they played. Now do you want to know how many fiancés I had? Oh, my God. He's... He's a bad person. <sighs> Boy. He might be the male Pam Hupp. Maybe, except so many more than Pam Hupp. So who do we know that had like a string of... Oh, what's her name? The, from the, sorry, from Double Date. She uh, drowned That her one son. woman, the Black Widow. Yeah. 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 Can't remember her name, but yes, she was scary. Yeah, she was really scary. And she had multiple deaths, multiple husbands. She tried to blow up her one husband with the car bomb. Oh my gosh, I forgot remember? about that. Yeah, and then poisoned the other one, put him in the hospital. Yeah, it was really creepy. So we see some stuff with him at the end, and this is probably going to be moot because people will have seen this episode by now, but it looks like that he's arrested multiple times for maybe murder. I don't know. And we see him with brown hair and a mustache. So we don't know if he's just one of those lucky, incredibly lucky people with nine lives where, you know, something happens randomly, mishandles the, you know, mishandles the evidence, something, and he just gets off for this one. And then, oh, my God, he got off scot-free again on this one. Yeah. You know? That was my guess, but I don't know. Yeah. That's going to be crazy. It's crazy. We have a promo for you guys from our friend. Can I call him our friend? Yes. I don't know who it is. It's Mike Morford. You know him as the co-host of Criminology and a million other podcasts. He's amazing. One of his podcasts is called The Murder in My Family. And it's amazing. And he actually interviews people 
who have had martyrs in their families. It's crazy. And he handles it with a lot of respect and gravitas. Gravitas. Which is why we could not do it because we do things like that. I could do it. (laughs) You couldn't say gravitas, though. I wouldn't, nor would I. (laughs) I would say gravitas. (laughs) <laughs> you can't. That would be just as bad. It would. It would be worse. That sounded fake, lovely. Fake British accent. No, it wasn't really British. It was just fancy. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. So please check out the murder in my family. Hi, this is Mike Morford. You may know me as co-host of the true crime podcast Criminology. I'd like to invite you to listen to one of my other podcasts called The Murder in My Family. In each episode of The Murder in My Family. I discuss a murder case and include an interview with a family member of the victim to discuss the aftermath of the murder in an attempt to view these crimes from a unique perspective, one that we don't usually experience. Some of the cases I cover are well known, while others you've probably never heard of. I currently have dozens of episodes available for you to binge on, including episodes about the Golden State Killer, the Delphi Murders, and the Colonial Parkway Murders, just to name a few. Here's a small sample of the kind of conversations you'll hear on The Murder of My Family. Mike, at the risk of sounding like every other proud big brother around the world, Kathy was an amazing person. She was 27 years old at the time of her death, and she had already accomplished a great deal. One point that I wanted to get across was that the victims whose murders I discuss aren't just statistics or a blurb in a news report. These were real people whose murders affected their family members, forever changing their lives. It's important to know that they too are victims. For me, knowing that he has a family and that he gets to see his kids every day and that he gets to be there for his kids growing up, like, it's not fair. You know, my dad did everything he was supposed to do as a father and as a husband. And someone decided that night that he didn't get to do that anymore. It's frustrating knowing that, you know, he'll get to see his kids grow up and graduate and get married and do all that. And my dad doesn't get to do any of those things. He doesn't get to see his, he has three granddaughters now that he'll never see and they'll never meet their grandfather. And it's just, it's not fair. New episodes of The Murder of My Family come out every other Saturday. And you can find The Murder of My Family everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, so good. And sad. Very sad. Totally different tonally from our show. Yeah. So just know that going in. Nothing wrong with that. But he's so talented. I know you guys already know him from a million of his podcasts, but check it out, guys. Who who are we dedicating this part one of The Widower to? For part one, we have two Patroni. Patroni International. Ooh, I love it. We have Bobby G from, how do you pronounce, Canada? Canada. Canada. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. How does Michael Scott pronounce it on The Office when they're going to Canada? Canada. Because he's trying to sound all, it's like, and finally they go, what? What's that? What's that? And he's like, it's Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why? I like that episode. Bobby G from Canada and Susanna or Susanna G from Spain, España. Thank you guys so much for listening. I picked an international couple of girls because I feel like the... Ev- You're about to force them to become pen pals? No. Okay, good. Not at all. That's good. Because we don't think, we don't know if this guy was an international widower, Ooh. serial monogamist. I think it's just in the United States. 
Canada's close enough where, Bobby, you might be in danger. Susanna, Susanna, you're probably safe. Maybe. I mean, sometimes these people do end up in Canada for sure. And sometimes, I mean, that one woman wound up in Israel. So, I mean, you never know. Good call. Good call. These, these. They could be coming anywhere. Scam artists. Stay on your toes, ladies. He lied about everything. That guy was international. There you go. The mystery man was international in that he was British. Maybe. Can't remember if he was actually British or not. We've had a lot of good scam artists on this show. No, he wasn't really British. Was he? Oh, yeah. I'm forgetting. Maybe he was. Okay. And there was somebody else. Oh, there was a dateline with a guy who had a bunch of wives and a bunch of women disappear Ooh. or get killed. If we can, if someone remembers what dateline that was, that would be a nice pairing to this dateline. That was very vague. It was a guy who had a bunch of wives that a bunch of women and they all found out about each other and helped each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, then we've had a couple of those, but the one with the con artist, nobody died, though. Nobody died? But they all got their money taken. And we had the woman in Houston. The con man? I don't oh, know. I'm not going to remember. Yeah. It, if was you a, can remember, it was like last year. Let us know. Bobby and Susanna, Susanna, we just can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. It thrills us that we have international listeners even, let alone patrons. That's just crazy to me. Yes. It's very fancy. Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed the show and stick with us on Patreon. And for those of you who want to check out Patreon, we have a bunch of episodes up and we do a bunch of fun stuff uh, like live streams. And you have access to a bazillion of our special for Patreon episodes. So check it out. Absolutely. 90 Day Fiance, Drag Race. Okay, we've discussed the hair at length. We've discussed the hair at length, yes. So there's a lot of shirts, too, that I feel like he's a fan of the tank top that's kind of loose where you can almost see the nipple. Yes. And I would like to start a segment called Tommy's Tees. Yes. Because I think we're about to get some incredible slogan T-shirts because the one that we end this series with is says, I believe it's I do very bad things. And then in very small writing, it says, and I do them very well. Yeah, that's not great. I was like, who are you, Fred and George Weasley? Because they're the only ones who have enough charm to pull off a shirt like that. But like in a cheeky British way where it's solemnly swear, I'm up to no good, which is a much more delightful way to say I do very bad things. What if it said baby did a bad, bad thing? Yeah, that's basically what his shirt says. So we're going to see, and I'm sure he has one that says serial killer and it has a bowl of Fruit Loops on it. So that's, <laughs> that's coming. I guarantee it. He seems like that guy. He's that guy on a boat. He's not Thurston Howell. Do you know what I'm saying? He's not the guy with the captain's hat. No. He's the guy with the no fear tank top. Oh my God, a no fear tank top. I can't wait for Tommy's tea watch. Is that what it's called? Tommy's teas. Tommy's teas. Tommy's teas. I can't wait. I hope there's more that have written things. On I think them. there will be. I feel like we're going to see more. We didn't, I feel like he probably had one on an interrogation, but we did not. Get we couldn't the, see it. We did not. But get in the, the reenactment, when the, he's doing the walkthrough, it's a cowboy shirt. See, there you go. Yeah. We're going to get stuff. I guarantee Speaking it. of cowboys, Mike 
we see his body and he's wearing cowboy boots. Yeah, I, okay, thank you for bringing that up. That's the other thing I had for Fashion Police. What did you think about that? I was perplexed. Right, because they don't, they're not facing correctly. It seems like they were put on his feet after. He also has no socks on, from what I can tell, and wearing no socks with cowboy boots is not a thing. But how could you tell? Because the cowboy boots go up to your mid-calf. Because you could see, well, okay, also, maybe he was wearing ankle socks with cowboy boots, but that is rare. No, but even if he was, oh, you you wear like really high, how high? A calf high. A normal, like a calf high sock. You wear calf high yeah. And so, but normally would you, so were the jeans or were the pants tucked in no. to the cowboy boots? No. One of the pant leg was up. That's why I saw the leg. I could gotcha. see his leg out of it. So maybe the boots were taken off for some reason and put back on, but it looked like the boots were put on later. The boots stood out and did not seem Correct. The boots stood out from, I don't know how you would put on boots on a dead body. That seems incredibly difficult. Right. But I didn't seem like he was the kind of guy, especially after meeting his brothers, that would wear cowboy boots. Oh, it's Vegas. Definitely could have worn. And they weren't cowboy cowboy boots. That was the weirdest thing. They were like ropers. You know, they didn't have a design or a pattern and they didn't have a crazy pointy toe. They were a specific kind of cowboy boot, like a, a roper. So something that you're... I don't know what ro- roper means. Like when you rope the cattle in the rodeo? Kind. I don't know why they're called that. It's like you're wearing, I think they're just like a casual boot that it's not like a dress boot with a design on it. Even though when you think of cowboy boots... No spurs or anything. You think of those boots, right? You think of a inlay of some sort of color or design and then like a leather toe that has like ridges or whatever. Yeah. These were all smooth and brown. They were strange. It, they they stood out. Uh, were those were those be the boots you were going to wear to go shoot somebody? No. They're noisy for what boots, period, are noisy, right? I feel like they're slippery too. I don't know why I feel like that. Probably because when Jerry wore sign on Seinfeld wore boots cowboy boots he slipped on the ice you they are roper's boots here hold on i'm asking jeeves they're called roper boots as they are presumably worn or designed for people who work with cattle or livestock who spend less time on horseback so cowboy boots are specifically for horseback because they have that little divot in the heel that you can put in the where your foot goes sure sure and then good job on you and then these boots are more for like working on the ground interesting yeah, but I don't know why he was wearing them. That seemed odd. Well, then we need to see if there's an interview with the brothers and that friend. And they say, why is he wearing those why shoes? Why is he wearing those boots? Also, why is she not wearing any shoes? Did they take off her shoes? Did her shoes fly off? Her shoes are not on her. They're like near her, but not on her. Again, it's weird because, like, how much time happened? It was very quick when she went in the house and was immediately shot. But did she have, if she was wearing sandals or heels, I guess she could just flick them off pretty fast. Also, did he hear the shot? Did the neighbor hear just one shot or shotsa? They go back and forth. This is the problem is one time you hear he heard the shot 
And then later they're saying, but the neighbor heard the shots and they go back to the neighbor the second time you see the neighbor. And he and says, I'm picturing the neighbor saying to his friend, man, did you hear that? That was a gunshot. That was gunshot. Or was it gunshots? That was a gunshot. Did, did, did he Tom hear, all hear the shots? them? What do you mean? I mean, did Tom hear the first shot? Tom said he didn't hear the first shot. That was like the big but deal. But then in the 911 call, he says he did. He says he did. Did you think there's any way that Tom didn't do this or plan this? I think he, I think Tom didn't actually shoot her. I think Mike did. And then he betrayed Mike. Oh, I think that there is a chance that Tom shot both of them. Why would Mike have been there? Because Tom told him to come over and said, I'm going to shoot her and I need your help with the body. I don't know if Mike agreed to kill her, but he may have agreed for a fee to help him clean up the body. What do you, I mean, I think there's as strong a chance as he shot her as Mike did. I would need to know more about the placement of the body. I guess it doesn't really matter because we don't, we only have his word on how he went into the house. And- do we think Mike was even wearing a ski mask at all? I would like to know if there were tests done on the ski mask mm-hmm. and if it had whose DNA on the ski mask. I would really like to know that. I'm assuming it did. I just don't think that we or the detectives or anyone should assume that Mike did this. I don't know if Mike did do this. I think Mike might have been in the wrong place at the wrong we time. We would know if they tested for GSR on his hands. Yes, and we'd know if they tested the ski mask. Yeah. Don't you think there's a chance that Tom came in and shot her? We're going to find this out. I mean, I'm making all of these points. Yeah, and there's a ch- but there's also a chance he just said, come meet me. I need you to help me move a bureau. And oh, the body. Yeah. And then like he shot. But the fact that Mike had told his friend he has already asked me about killing his wife to me says that Mike is somewhat okay with the plan because he's still working with him, still hanging out with him, still going to his house. And I hate to say this, but if you're getting six hundred dollars a week, he probably offered you one hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. He probably offered an insane amount of money because he could because he had no intention of ever paying you because he was going to kill you. That's so true. It could have been the life changing amount of money mm-hmm. that would have be like, OK, you can get your own house like you can buy a house. You can yeah. do whatever. I'm super curious to know how the other wives died if they were in if it was like accidental type situations, if it was staged suicide type situations if it was burglary, intruder situations. What do you think it's going to be? I feel like he's going to have to use different motives each time, but I kind of feel like he traveled around a lot, and so the the police departments weren't talking to each other. Oh, so he was able to use that, like the the thief. So he was able to use the same modus operandi. Yep, it definitely could be that. I've gotten away with this staged burglary once before. Try it one more time. He could have had like two or three. And this is one of them. Right. And rotated. He does spins like a wheel in his house. Oh, God. A wheel of murder. Wheel of murder. And then it's like bathtub drowning. Spin the choice. You can choose to spin or choose to. I know you don't want any more art for your place, but I really, I want you to have a spin the choice so bad. Just like in your bathroom. The thing about that King of the Hill episode is I love Peggy and that she's doing it on her with her hand. Do, 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 do. And then Mike or Bill like almost loses or he almost wins. And then it's like, boop. 
And he's like, oh, I spun it too hard. I love it She's so much. She's doing it with her hand, Bill. Oh, Peggy. Because it was a million dollars or something, right? Yeah. She just kept moving it past that. She was, Gosh. it was her arm. Oh, oh, it's such a good show. Choose to spin, spin again, spin. Oh, man, I can't. <laughs> it's so confusing. You can spin to choose. You can choose to spin. You can spin a choice. So it's called spin a choice. Spin the choice. Spin the choice. It's so good. Anyways, so I'm, yeah, I'm super excited to see what comes next. Me too. Predictions? Can't believe haven't heard the story again. Did he Another do Another one it? of those. Predictions. He is going to shave his head and we are going to get a buzz cut. Prediction right now that he feigns an illness when he inevitably goes to court. Brilliant. What is the scene with him in the two ponies in that one part of the preview? Horses or ponytails? Ponytails. Are they pigtails? And you just cannot for some reason remember that they're called pigtails? Two, right? Two. What's going on with you? This is the second time in the space of a week that you have not remembered that they're called pigtails. I don't know why. Why is he wearing two low ponies? Low pigtails. pigtails. Not that I'm genderifying hairstyles. Do whatever you want. Pigtails, though. You need to make it the correct animal. Pigs and horses are very different. Pigtails. I'm I'm guessing he's gonna get braids. Oh yeah. That's a very good prediction. What if he shows up out of prison with cornrows? I'm going to break my phone because I'm (laughs) not going to be able to stand it. Because that will be the end of Fashion Police. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We won't ever have to do it again. Hard time for those hair crimes. Yeah. (laughs) It will be not good. Because the point of Fashion Police is we're supposed to be handing down sentences. We've just never done it. We've never done it. I forgot the first episode and it never happened again. I never remembered since. I forget to call it Joan Rivers Fashion Police, which is actually the full title of Fashion Police. So we're both making mistakes. That's good. At least we're consistent. Yeah. Like Tom. He's made a lot of mistakes. But this is awful because Sharon seems wonderful. I am assuming that the women we're about to meet are also wonderful and have been taken in by this flimflam man. Yeah. I think he has a type. He knows what women to prey on. Uh And he's very good at it. And I think we're going to get a full history of him. We may not get it in episode two, though. It may be the start of episode three as we get his, like, childhood. And then we go into some sort of trial. Because we will be getting a trial. Because we saw some, like, preview of that. I'm excited. I can't wait. This is so excellently done. It's like He might have different identities, like the Bear Brook guy. I know. He might. This is cinematography. It's your new favorite song for your cell phone. Love. I'm going to make my ringtone. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Let us know if you like this, if you think Dateline's going to do more of these kind of shows. And if you think they are trying to create their own TV network. Are they trying to get rid of all of the... People? I think they're just doing it. This is, I don't think is a replacement towards anything, towards their tried and true formula. I think it's just an addition, like how they added podcasts last year. I think they might add more of these kind of things. I think it's also they didn't know how popular these sort of special podcasts that they're doing are. And I think they've been probably surprised by the popularity of how great they've gone. Right. So maybe this is 
now a new thing that they're trying. Like, let's see how many viewers we get for these special things. I think they're going to get a lot of viewers and I think people are really going to respond to it. Yeah. Also, speaking of podcasts, Mommy Doomsday is out let's, now. Yeah, I was just going to say, let's it's give it a plug. so good. It's so good. I thought I knew everything. Just Keithisms alone would be worth listening to because he has so many lines that made me laugh out loud. But there's also new stuff. There's like new information and new audio clips that are very interesting. Let us know, guys, if you want us to cover where are the children one more time. You want us to as the trial comes down or as things come out. Because I did see you can watch the full court testimony of her cousin. There's certain things that we can watch online. I know that we don't tend to do that because we only cover Dateline, but we could talk about the extra information in the Keith podcast. But I think Dateline will cover the trial and do another edition of the show. I hope so. I just like talking about the case. I don't think they're done. Okay. But we definitely could. Yeah, but I wanted to know if that would be something people were interested in. So let us know if that's something that seems... Or are you guys over it? Because I saw some people in the comments being like they were done with this case. They were kind of sick of her. What? Yeah, I saw a lot of people say that. How many people? Like 30 or like five? I don't know, five out of 10 said they were kind of over it. Why? It's fascinating. This is a this is like the case of the I think decade. Th- Yeah, I don't know. I think it's fascinating. Also, I want to know what happened. Like, for real, what happened? We still don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. How can they be over this? I don't know. Not everyone hits everyone the same thing, you know? Like Sheila Davalu and Pam Smart. But I think I'm just surprised because this, I feel like, has something interesting at every turn, right? It's like multiple murders, zombies, weird religious cult. Oprah Winfrey. Everything. I know. Sex portals. A storage unit. Okay, we got it. So many deaths. We will be covering it again. I'm very sorry to those people that didn't aren't over it, but hopefully in a month you won't be over it. Oh, the good news is that you upset a lot of people last week when you said you were not going to do where are the children as much because you wanted people to want it. Yeah, that is they true. They want it. That's good. They are begging for it. You know what? Then they will have to let us do another podcast on Lori Vallow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sorry, not another full podcast, another episode of Lori Vallow. I'll do it five times. <laughs> I think they want it more every episode sprinkled willy-nilly. There aren't always children. We haven't had any children <laughs> Maybe in Maybe there's a dog that's missing or maybe there's a car that's missing. I, 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 I shan't. That's just, that's, that's too much. No, I don't. I want it to be special. Let, let us have things that are special, guys. We have to keep things special. Right, because you think that you won't get sick of it. Like, like Ross and Rachel, you're like, just have them get together already. I'm sick of this, will they or won't they? But then when they got together, you were kind of sick of it. So you think you won't be sick of it. I'm sorry, do they wind up together at the end of Friends? But do they break up and then at the very end get together? Yeah, many times. They break up many times. But is it in the finale that you think they're not going to end up together, but then they leave it that they do? Yes. That's what I would have done if I was a writer. That's that's good. That's good stuff. Sorry, I don't know anything. Thank you, Dateline, 
for gracing us again with your presence and a sneak preview. And a sneak preview. That was so exciting. And branching off into new kinds of television for you. And A-plus. If we could give reviews on this, five stars. This is excellent. Thank you, everybody. Let us know what you think. Continue to watch alone, please. Be safe. Be kind to people. Wear a mask. Double up even, they say. Yeah. And maybe... uh, Make it a dubs. Maybe a boat isn't all it's crafted up to be. I think nothing bad came of the boat inherent. Well, the marriage came of. I don't think he really had a boat. I think he told her he had a boat. I think it was. I think a he borrowed boat. a boat. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I think we're gonna find all that out in episode. I think two. it was all a facade. I think he's one of those guys who leans up against fancy cars and has someone take a picture of him and then oh, post it on social media like it's his own car. And I bet it's a wig. We'll find out. <gasps> How great would that be? Am that I- would be an amazing twist. That would be the twist of twists. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) You're waved. Pigtail ponytail. Pigtail ponytail. Get out of here. I'm sorry. I have a cat trying to eat bacon. You need to move along, sir. Thank you, bro. Why do you have bacon just sitting next to you when you're recording? I forgot. It was on the floor. It's just hanging out there. I said bacon on the floor. Kimberly needs to see you. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Mustache King. You're the Mustache King. You're stashy. Dirtbag stash. You didn't wish him a happy Valentine's Day. He was depressed. Happy Valentine's Day, Bruce. <laughs> he thinks he fancies himself a lover. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm bummed about Clarice because I was going to give Clarice a try, but now. I want you to because I want to know if you think the same things that I think. I you adore really Jodie like Foster. So I was immediately. Then you will not. Probably like right. It. I was put off at the fact that they were doing it without Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster could be in a show, a really good HBO show. Absolutely, I think she mostly directs now. But I know she does. But I would really like her to be in something. But what would that character be like? That would be the grown-up version of that character. You know, I would watch her in anything. It doesn't have to be Clarice. She could be anything. I'd be fine with another scientist. This one is just themed as like happening right after those events and how she's still traumatized by those events. No, I don't like that. I thought this was her as a young girl. I thought it was Clarice, baby Clarice on the farm with the lambs. No, this is, she barely, she doesn't even mention the lambs. The lambs were not nearly as traumatizing as what happened that singular night with Buffalo Bill. Well, yeah, no duh. And she has flashbacks about that night and she refuses to answer the calls from what's-her-name in the well, who actually suffered a lot more trauma that night. Yeah, Catherine keeps wanting to call her and ask for help and talk it out because they both went through this thing together and Jody will not call her back. Do not like this storyline. Don't you make me hurt your dog! Too much PTSD. Yeah. Mister? Sorry, no one does Catherine enough. They always do the lotion in the basket. I know. You did Catherine, but... I did not do an impression. I just dressed up as her for Halloween. And it was so, but, so good. Tough. Yeah. So there's things that are strange, problematic about that show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I would like it if it was not connected as much. Because also, I feel like if you're not showing footage from the movie, like when she's actually that end they scene, do. which is terrifying. They do. Oh, they do but with the like, night vision? But Yes. But it's like the fake... I think, but it's not real clips. It's like they staged it and they have like 
I think, a different actor playing Buffalo Bill. And then they show her, like, finding Catherine in the well, but there is a different actress, obviously, playing Catherine. So it's like they do Why, do these. Because um, who's that actress? That actress is now 50. Oh, yeah, of course. And this happens right after. She's also very thin now. She's lost a ton of weight. They imply maybe she's anorexic because he liked bigger girls. And she so now she's anorexic. Oh, gosh. Catherine is very troubled in this one. So is Jodie Foster. But they she still won't return Catherine's phone calls. It's kind of a D move. I'm not, I am not watching this show. <laughs> I'm already I'm very upset. And Catherine's mom is very involved because she's a big time politician. Or the she's now Senator. higher Senator? up. She's somebody yeah. way higher up now. Well, okay. Did you know the Buffalo Bills house is for sale? What do you mean? The house where they shot it? Yeah, the house. That's it's, creepy. It's in Pennsylvania. That's pretty creepy. You I don't like it. it. Well, I did it. want to go look, but I was like, I could never. I couldn't. No. No, you would never sleep. And if there was a moth ever, I'd lose my mind. Oh, yeah. There's lots of moth imagery. Not mentioned a lamb, though. I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure they're just waiting for it. And then they're going to have, like, her waking up from a dream or something. And it's going to be like, the lambs. Yeah. Oh, she has those dreams, but it's Buffalo Bill and the moths every night. I appreciate you telling me because now I really don't want to watch it. If you're going to do it, do it right. Grumpy. Okay. I agree. 